I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to Out of the Woods. My name is Justin, and... As you have probably picked up on by this point that I've not introduced him, Matthew is not present today. He was feeling a tad under the weather, which also explains our slight uh, schedule slip. But hey, these things happen. So today, we interrupt our regularly scheduled recaps of Season 1 to bring you a rather interesting little treat that I think many of you will enjoy, which is I will be going through and analysing the original pilot script of the show, the one that was pitched to the network way back in 2019. No, this script <laughs> that is the original pilot script for which some changes were made in the final card of the first episode uh, was uploaded randomly onto the website Scribd or Scribed. I've never actually heard that said out loud. But yeah, regardless, that is where it is. And some aspects are the same, but some aspects are different, and they are very interesting to get into. There's a lot of interesting little nuggets, descriptions of the characters' inner thoughts and the way they're described that you don't necessarily get in the final episode. And before we start, just an obvious disclaimer, just because something is canon or is the case in this script, it does not necessarily follow that it remains so in the final product, so this cannot necessarily tell us anything dispositive, but it might. And it's certainly an interesting exercise regardless, and an interesting look into the mindset of the creators. There's actually a lot of very funny little jokey descriptions in here. So, without further ado, let us get started. In the description of the Pit Girl scene, begins the first episode, uh, the title of Pit Girl is referred to as an athlete. And that is an interesting detail that tells us that at least in this version, she is in fact one of the Yellow Jackets, and I think we can pretty much take that to be read in the current version too. It specifically mentions that her foot wound is from a branch, is self-inflicted, that she wasn't injured by anybody else. And the actual scene where she falls in the pit is a lot gorier. Her identity is obscured not by camera tricks, not focusing on her face, but by the fact that the stakes eviscerate her head. And she physically has no face left. Ugh. It's a truly wretched description, but a very evocative one. And then we cut to the montage of Jessica interviewing the survivors. This is really good. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of really funny little details. Like in the description of Randy, he's described as a diehard GNR fan, Guns N' Roses, which, of course, absolute legend. Uh, <laughs> they mentioned that adult Allie <laughs> walks with a slight limp. <laughs> and she complains that... um. They cancelled our prom, which is very her. That is very, very in character for her. Randy also, when asked what he thinks happens out there, offers that Lezzy stuff happened. <laughs> How very right he was. 
It's a very funny detail. Oh, by the way, if I don't mention something, it's because it's the same as it was in the original episode. I only mention when something is different, really. So, yeah. Trigonometry lady. The oldest fuck teacher in the in the um, retirement home apparently hasn't heard of anything. Because when Jessica is like, what do you think really happened out there? She's like, out where? Yeah. It's an interesting sort of implied conversation after that point. But no, we cut to the montage of the Jersey Shore. And the title card informs us that this version is set in 19... Kai, in this version, explicitly sets up the goal in the football match. In this version, instead of heading it, Jackie is described as tapping the ball into the goal. I'm not actually sure what that means. If somebody who knows anything about football could help me out there. Yeah, but regardless, this is a description of her that I really love uh, from the script. Team captain, cultish beauty, hero of the hour, whether she deserves to be or not. <laughs> the fact that she's described as a cultish beauty makes me think that they had in fact cast Ella Pennell at this point because that is a perfect description of her. And yeah really just throwing some shade on jackie yeah and that th i think the instinct that i have because the version tapping doesn't imply great effort the instinct that i had that she's not really the person most responsible for scoring the goal and that's just a metaphor for her life of unearned privilege and ease yeah it seems to have been basically on the money yeah instead of smashing pumpkins we get aerosmith's living on the edge which i think my absent co-host matthew would very much have preferred well very much perhaps not slightly preferred and during the car scene of Shauna and Jackie driving to school after the latter bangs Jeff when they're negatively beeping at the sign, Van and Lottie are in a hatchback. I'm guessing that's Van's family's hatchback. <laughs> and they whoop their encouragement, making devil horns, which is badass. And also, Van and Lottie traveling together. How interesting. The impression I get from the show is that they didn't have much of a relationship until you know, certain developments in the woods. But that's interesting. In this version, they're, they're hanging out. Yeah, that is very interesting. I wonder what pre-crash Van and Lottie talk about in their car rides. Oh, and this is a big change, a big difference. In this scene, we're introduced to a character by the name of Cat Wheeler, which is a cool fucking name. She's played by Amy Okuda. And she, is dri as she's driving, takes two birth control pills and gives a truck driver the finger which is hilarious. She seems like a cool character, but as we will get into, I do understand their reasons for cutting her out. And Nat, uh, these, these character descriptions are great. She's described as trying hard to seem like she doesn't give a shit. And that's kind of interesting, because I think that kind of runs counter to the, the maybe sort of popular or fandom opinion of Nat as a very sort of genuine person, or indeed what, which I think she is, but also what Jackie says in the compliment scene, where she says, you don't care what anybody else thinks of you. This implies that to some degree she does, because she's trying hard to seem like she doesn't give a shit. But anyway, that's that's interesting. I do think she is hiding a lot of insecurity under her persona, rather like Fern, and also rather like Travis. A lot of characters are doing that, actually. It's that sort of show. In this version, the uh, horrid guidos, who are detailed as driving an IROC, because... Of course they are. <laughs> yeah. They find smart asses moob shaking performance amusing. You know, they don't go, oh, they instead go, <laughs> and seem to find it quite funny and drive off. So Nat, you know, throwing the bottle at them feels even more objectionable from smart asses perspective. But you know, 
she's going to do what she does. And yes, Cat Wheeler is old. I'll not mention that. She's a teacher at the school. Yeah, well, it's fitting that I didn't mention that because it's played as a surprise in the script. Coach Martinez press gangs Cat into accompanying them to nationals. And that is really interesting. Like, an adult woman being stranded with the team, that's a very different social dynamic. Like, she might be able to help them with certain things more. You know, they have one able-bodied adult survivor, so that could certainly be helpful in certain situations. I can also see why they didn't go for it, though. Because the whole thing with Coach Ben's authority, it's a thing of, like, him being a specifically male authority figure, I think, is important to the story. And maybe her being there kind of muddles it. Yeah, it just... I like the character of Kat as she is portrayed in this script, but I have to say I do understand why they cut her out. It does feel kind of redundant that she is there. But regardless. Anyway, during Jackie's uh, reverse pep talk scene, Coach Martinez, oh, I'm, I can't believe I get to do the Coach Martinez accent again. He's like, and Teresa, well, she could have a real future in the sport. Maybe Atlanta in 96. Which, hmm, <laughs> I think that throws into even greater relief that... Ty's whole future rides on her getting some kind of sports scholarship. So it's understandable why she really fucking is irritated by Ali. Yeah. The crash didn't happen in... Ty was in 96. Oh, the, that was the Richard Jewell Olympics. Oh, that's an interesting alternate universe. Somebody should write that. Somebody should definitely write that. Anyway. Oh, it's another yet another character description that kind of breaks my heart. Van is described as terminally cheerful. Oh, Oh, is she ever? Um, oh, uh, Coach Martinez also says, but there's a difference between being a leader and taking people where they need to go. And it's like, hmm, taking people where they need to go. Hmm. Like, out of the woods? Hmm. It's an interesting line. I get why they cut it. It does feel slightly like over-egging the pudding, but it is an interesting line. Oh, and another important detail that is only important to me, Callie's bedroom has more appropriate posters on it. You know, Bella Hadid and such. I gotta, I gotta kind of cry foul at Ariana Grande. Is, is that type of teenage girl into Ariana Grande? I don't know. That doesn't feel right to me, but what the hell do I know? Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. When Shauna sees Ty's ad on the TV as she's burning Jeff's drawers, there, she's described as the shadow of some emotion crosses her face. Sadness, anger, longing, fear. That's really evocative to me, and that longing, that is very interesting. It really does undercut that these, these four women, they do care about each other a lot when they can get out of their own ways enough to actually demonstrate that they do so. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> In this version, Simone and Sammy don't exist. Well, technically, they never say that she doesn't have a child, but none appears. I guess they were trying to, like, hedge their bets on that one. In this version, Simone doesn't exist, and Bethany, Ty's campaign manager, is her wife. Wow! <laughs> there would be so much cool, spicy drama in that. Obviously, they choose to do something very different in the series where Ty's wife is absent and apart from that world and is alienated by that world, and that is the tension... You know, whereas when your wife is your campaign manager, there isn't as much tension between the sociopolitical side of your character and the romantic side of your character. So I get why they didn't do that, but they could have been interesting in a different way, certainly. Yeah. Now this is this is good. When when we cut to the the Nat in rehab scene, she's uh, asked by a fellow what substances she did, and she says heroin mostly, oxy when I could get it, fentanyl, benzos, K, Ooh. unpleasant cocktail. <laughs> 
And this is the thing I don't like. This is the thing that's in the pilot that I don't like and that I'm glad they changed, is that the stringing up of Pit Girl, the scene where she's lifted out of the pit and strung up against a tree and bled, is played as a punchline. Because the guy is like, bird back, and then it shows that scene, and it cuts back to now, she's like, something like that. I don't like that for several reasons. It, it doesn't seem of a tone with the rest of the show, or at least of the tone that they eventually build to. It's too straightforwardly comedic. Like, it does things in a dark, comedic way, but I don't know. I like that they don't do things like that. It's like a cutaway gag, almost. It's almost Family Guy-esque. <laughs> Which is not, in my opinion, the register the show should be aiming for. It's a little... It just seems overly cruel, you know? Like, I don't think the show... Horrible things happen in it, but it's not usually cruel. It usually has a degree of respect for the character that is the butt of the joke in a scene. But yeah, it's, it's my opinion. Maybe you find that funny. That's fine. Oh, oh, this is good. Cut back into the past. And in this, there's the argument between Tyson, Nat, Shauna, and Lottie about excluding Ali. Nat, in this version, has a much better argument for not excluding her. She's like, we'd basically be a man down at national that's something i complained about in the original episode where i was like nat's arguments for not freezing her out are extremely lame so yeah it's a better argument so that's good but you know i can see why they didn't want the scene to drag along laura lee is described as pert will get on your last nerve it's a good word pert pert we should use that more often in this version van is not a goalie she's just one of the strikers that just feels fucking wrong you know like in my head she's just a goalie that is very important to her like that she's a goalie her job is to cover for other people's mistakes as she's been doing a long time with her mom and yeah that's just i don't know it just it just feels bizarre that feels like looking at a peeled lemon it just feels wrong oh oh this is good when ali gets totally fucked out on the pitch there is the description <laughs> of her leg is looking like a total perversion of the human form and i just had the thought damn that'd be a good black metal album title yeah, they specifically call attention to Jackie not really doing anything when Ali gets crypt, which, uh, foreshadowing. Wendy, which is Nat's drug rehabilitation area mate, the description of her is that she has probably blown a lot of bikers. This is a hilarious description, but I, I really get, in the final version of the episode, I think that the version of that character that exists is a lesbian. I just really get that vibe. Could be wrong, though. Oh, this is good. This is a Nat line. Uh, there are three kinds of people in the world. People who cut in line, the people who let them, and the people who do something about it. <laughs> and she's always seen as over the ladder. When you look at the Antler Queen storyline, and I think Nat's hypothesized role in defeating that character, and the line that Ty has in the season to Shauna, we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for her, Nat. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting line. Hmm. And we cut to Shauna having that awkward as fuck interaction with Callie. Shauna is apparently writing a novel. How interesting. I wonder if this novel is of the autobiographical nature. I wonder if it occasionally delves into the creative nonfiction side of things. But yeah, that's cool. Ooh, ooh, this is a good, this is a big one. This is the big one. This is one of the, like, top three things I wanted to call attention to in the pilot episode. Callie, in this version, has an older sister. Molly, who apparently never failed to trig. This is really interesting. She's old enough to have moved out, so she might be in college or even have graduated college. It's entirely conceivable that this could be the wilderness baby. Also, it's also very possible that she could not be, that she could just be a child that Shauna and Jeff had immediately after Shauna got back. That's super interesting. Like, 
And then they choose to get rid of her? Do they just choose to get rid of her because they didn't want people assuming that she was the wilderness baby because she isn't, or because she is, but they want to do something different with the storyline? I don't know. That's super interesting. Anyway, cut back to the past. The description of Shauna's attic room, her awesome attic room, this is really interesting. A few years ago, this might have looked like Jackie's room, but now the band posters, tapestries, a string of twinkle lights, it all points to someone starting to forge their own identity. And that's super cool. Even in the pilot, I noticed there's a strong theme of the cracks that were always there, or at least there for a very long time in Shauna and Jackie's friendship. That's one thing that I really admire about the show is how well it sets up plot points. It doesn't just have things happen out of nowhere to be shocking. We cut to, ooh, earlier in the episode, Cat Wheeler asks out Coach Ben. Yay, not knowing that he is gay. Uh, question mark on that in this version, which we'll get to. <laughs> They have a very awkward pseudo-date where Kat sort of talks a lot and she reveals that she's a former bulimic. Oh, that is sad. I wonder how that would have come into play in the woods, if at all. Anyway, in this version, Laura Lee is a bit spicier. Like, she, she, she fully participates in the argument with everybody and is, like, yelling, Don't interrupt me! and stuff. That's interesting. And I think the description of her as pert. Maybe in this version they were going for a little bit more of a, like, she's kind of bitchier or more judgmental that obviously is not at all where they go in the final version at this point in the story she was still supposed to die in the pilot yeah laura lee's death in that version has been to be more a thing of inspiring people to believe more in the pagan woods magic because it's like she had all this faith in god and it seemingly didn't do anything for her but yeah um obviously she's played differently she's a much more interesting character in the final version than what seems to be being set up here it's just a great a great description of Jackie as pacing in front of her teammates like a body-glittered pattern, which is an amazing mental image and something I would like to see. Now, this is, you know, all of the compliments that she gives to the people are the same. Lottie gets one in this version, which, which she doesn't because by that point they've broken up into smaller groups. Jackie's comment to Lottie is, Lottie, you're like a dog on a bone. Your persistence inspires me to never give up. Hmm. I can see why they cut that, because it just feels like a rehash of the Thai one, but a dog on a bone. She's like a dog on a bone. How very, very interesting. I think she will be on several bones by the end of the series. And this is interesting. In the conversation between Ty and Shauna, when Taisa says, I didn't mean to hurt her, here's a very interesting description. We're not sure if we believe her, neither is Shauna, but we can tell that, if nothing else, Thaisa wants it to be true. Now, does that just refer to her being conflicted? Or does that fully refer to her alternate personality coming in? But yeah, no. A uh, matter of much debate there. Oh, Jackie doesn't insult Shauna in this version, so that's nice. And she also says, Re, Ty, and Ali, you should have told me. Yeah, she's a bit all bite in this version. Because I know that her death was always part of the show, but maybe things were supposed to go somewhat differently in this version? Yeah, it feels like they're setting her up as a more credible threat. But, you know, it could just be a throwaway line. Oh, this is a fun detail. In the cannibal scene, the person preparing human meat, probably Misty, is humming Soul Asylum's Runaway Train. Uh, this is just something that made me very uncomfortable. Cat Wheeler has sex with Ben in a semi-assault sort of way, and he's just too socially awkward to stop it, so he just kind of lets it happen. 
it's creepy as fuck, and I understand why they cut it out. Sean is safe is a lot better hidden in this version. That was good. Oh, in the montage of everyone, Misty is watching a possum drown, not a rat. Yeah, I don't think possums can swim for a whole day. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Did I mention that? Yeah. Rats can swim uninterrupted for a whole day for, like, multiple kilometers. So that rat in Misty's pool was going to be fine. Like, I mean, unless she was incredibly dedicated at drowning it, which now that I'm saying that, she might well have been. This is interesting. There's not the scene with Ty and her family and her seemingly supportive middle-class parents. It just says, Thaisa, waiting by herself, as a taxi pulls into her driveway. I don't know about you, but I find that very interesting. God, I've been saying the word interesting a lot in this episode, but hey, it's a good word. It's a, you know, useful word. This implies that it keeps her sort of, you know, having a good amount of money, but also maybe that her relationship with her parents is not as good as in this version. Hmm. Does that, because there's no spoiler alert in the other early shooting script that is available, which I will be releasing an episode about later, there's nothing about the man with no eyes, even though it covers the same territory in the show. So I'm thinking, was there going to be some kind of other storyline with Ty that doesn't relate to that, where the source of her angst and unpleasance doesn't come from an external seemingly supernatural threat, but instead comes from her parents? Hmm. Something to think about. I really would like to have there be an interview with the creators after the show is all done, where they can talk about things they plan to happen. I always find that shit super interesting. Uh, ben is included in the montage, and he's being embraced by his slightly older boyfriend, Hadi. Hadi. So, yeah. Not Paul in this version, and that's nice. They established that right out of the gate. That's in, in this version. That's interesting. Uh, in the 2021, in the car park scene, Nat is looking at Misty with eyes focused with pure, unmistakable hate. And that's pretty brutal. Now, here is one... The last thing I want to talk about because we're pretty much at the end of the script. The last thing that I want to mention is that Misty is referred to in the script as the shamanistic leader of the feast. Now, does that mean she's the person who prepares the meat? Or does that mean that she's the antler queen <laughs> in this version? Or not the antler queen, just the, the leader of them, because the antlers are not specifically mentioned in the script. Yeah, that is how I interpreted the scene in the pilot the first time, incorrectly. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, that would be super interesting, because obviously we know that she's very capable, but she lacks the sort of social skills to force people into line. But, hmm, that would be super interesting if she was. I would love to watch that alternate version of the show. That's another concept for an episode we have, one that hopefully Matthew can get to be on, is uh, he and I talking about what-ifs alternate universe things like if certain things had happened differently what would have happened in the show and uh yeah script ends as the pilot does with the crash and yeah that is the pilot script my overall thoughts are it's pretty similar to the pilot you know there's not a massive amount of changes and the changes they did make were almost uniformly better there's just what really one or two things where i'm like oh that was cool you should have kept that in everything that they got rid of or changed i fully understand why they got rid of and or changed it for the most part Despite that, you can still tell that there's a lot of raw talent here. You know, the, it's a very well-made and well-written show, even if some of the bugs hadn't been worked out, some of the kinks hadn't been ironed out. Uh, yeah, that is about all that I have to say on that matter. I hope you found this glimpse behind the kimono of the show interesting. And uh, yeah.
doing a solo episode feels really freaking weird, but, you know, needs must, as they say. Thank you very much for listening. Audience, be well. And remember, we're not out of the woods yet. <laughs>